everyone. Welcome back to The Kate Show. You're listening to episode 245. And guys, today we are talking about five ways to get your marketing done without getting overwhelmed or stressed because I'm convinced the worst part about marketing is just thinking about marketing. When I actually sit down and do it with a plan in mind, I feel great. And when it's done, I feel even better. Now, you might not feel that positive about your marketing, and that's okay. You don't have to like something in order to do it. But I do have five specific ways I address my own marketing that makes it far more enjoyable, successful, and most importantly, ensures that it gets done. So today on the podcast, I'm sharing those five things with you. And as a heads up, I don't view these things as optional or just as good ideas. If I didn't do these five things, not only would I fail at marketing my own business, but I would also fail at helping my clients market theirs. These five actions I take make sure my marketing gets done well and done consistently. And because of that, they're pretty darn important and you're going to want to take notes. So let's get into it. Before we do, though, this episode is brought to you by the Foundation website. You need a better website now and you don't want to do it yourself. You need a website that can grow with your business, and you want a website that's easy to update, attracts your ideal client, and gets you found online. Basically, you just want a beautiful website with good SEO. I mean, is that too much to ask for? No, it's not. So if you want a professional to set your website up for you, to handle your basic SEO, to optimize your images, to assist you with copywriting, and you want to maintain full control over your website moving forward, then the foundation website is for you. Now, the foundation website is semi-custom website design that we are offering here at Socialite. It is a fairly new offering. We have put several clients through it already and the results have been phenomenal. Now you might be wondering, what is the main difference between custom website design and semi-custom? Well, simply put, if you have a specific vision for your website and strong opinions about what you do and don't want, and you want us to handle 100% of the SEO and the copywriting beyond just the basics, then doing a custom site with us is going to be a better choice. But if your main priorities are to have a stylish, functional site that's ready to use quickly and can be easily updated as your business grows and you aren't married to any sort of vision, then our semi-custom website design is going to be a great fit for you. You can compare the website design options that we offer, custom and semi-custom, by going to katethesocialite.com forward slash services today. This episode is also brought to you by Side Door. This is for the interior designers listening. If you're looking for a way to expand your business in 2024, this is one way you can do it. And with Side Door, you can actually start monetizing your blog more than affiliate marketing will let you. Because with affiliate marketing, you might make 5% if you're lucky on the sale of a product. But with Side Door, you'll make an average of 30% on each sale. And the best part is you will not be sending people to different places that offer retail products. You'll actually be able to sell trade-only products, which means that you can stay true to your belief that trade-only products are the way to go. After all, you know that these things are built well and they will stand the test of time and look beautiful. No matter what line you want to sell, whether it's a product from Forehands or it's some uh, special wallpaper that perhaps you have a specialty line, you can sell those things 
through a side door. And the cool thing is you don't have to worry about inventory or handling the customer support part of the order. All you have to do is link to the products that you want to sell on your website. And then the customer will complete the purchase, but the purchase is completed actually through side door. So you don't even have to have a payment processor on your site. You can link to those products in a blog post. Same thing will happen. You'll get the credit for it and you'll get the payout. Side door is a smart way to scale your design firm. And I highly recommend that you check them out. Go to onsidedoor.com to get started today. This episode is also brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a streamlined, automated client process to uplevel your business this year, look no further. I use HoneyBook for website design. I use HoneyBook for Pinterest management. I use HoneyBook a lot because if I didn't, I'd probably have to have one of my team members spend a good part of their time every week managing clients and making sure everyone stays on track with their project. But HoneyBook does this for me. It automates client bookings, questionnaires, contracts, invoices. It sends proposals at the right time. It lets people sign things digitally. It lets people pay. And you guys can get 50% off your first year of HoneyBook by going to HoneyBook.com and using the code SOCIALITE. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode. Five ways to get your marketing done without stress or overwhelm. Do you get your marketing done without feeling stressed and overwhelmed? Well, the first thing you need to do is get your priorities straight. And that means <laughs> getting clear on what marketing is and is not. Let me tell you, marketing is not the most important thing you'll ever do for your business, nor is it the most time consuming. Your first priority in business should be to know who your ideal client is, because that's going to dictate how you present your brand and the services you offer. And your second priority should be to conquer your fear of money, which most of you have. And that's normal, by the way, because it's just an unknown. So you're afraid of it. It's a normal human reaction, but it has to be worked through. You also need to demolish the idea that you, quote unquote, don't have enough time to do all the things that your business requires. Because if you personally don't have enough time, you can buy other people's time. You can pay them an hourly rate. It's the cost of doing business. And I might sound like a bit uh, of a... I don't know, a hard ass when I say that. But the truth of it is, we only have a certain amount of time allotted to us. But then again, we all have the same amount of time allotted to us. And it really just comes down to how we are using that time, how we are prioritizing that time. I mean, if we have time to binge a Netflix show, we have time to do our marketing, we have time to learn how to manage our money, we have time to run our business. And if we have the money to go on a vacation several times a year, we also have money to hire a business coach. So it really just comes down to priorities. And like I said, your third priority should be marketing. And I'll often see home pros dive into marketing before they've gotten a handle on the other two priorities. And in doing this, they often set themselves up for frustration because in all honesty, how can they be expected to market their businesses long term if they don't know who they're marketing to, which is priority number one, nor do they have the time or money to support it, which is priority number two. This is where my clients will feel stuck in a chicken or egg scenario, which comes first. How can they prioritize financial management when they don't have clients yet? If this describes you and you've been in business longer than two years, you need to pause because there's no reason why you shouldn't have even some minimal cash flow at this point. 
There's no reason why you shouldn't be using accounting software and or working with a professional bookkeeper and CPA and all the things. Now, if you've been in business for less than two years, you get a little bit of a free pass, but only until that two-year mark, because before that two-year mark, you're still figuring things out. And you're likely realizing that you need to invest some personal funds in order to set yourself up for success in business. That's understandable, but don't outsource your marketing right away. This is me as a marketer saying, don't spend money on your marketing right away. Find free resources like this podcast and direct your money toward a business coach or an online course that will help you become a great business owner. Those actions will lay the foundation for a successful business. When you start doing your own marketing, you will need to treat it like any other recurring business task. So taxes, billing, payroll, calls with your business coach, company meetings, even if those meetings happen to be with your spouse in the kitchen while one of your kids tries to drink dish soap that he found under the sink and the other kid is scream singing the wrong words to her favorite song. Huh, true story. <laughs> anyway, all of these things need to happen on a regular basis, minus drinking dish soap, because that is how they will have impact on your business. Now, the biggest reason that new clients will tell me their marketing hasn't worked yet is twofold. Either they weren't consistent with it long enough to produce and maintain results, which is often due to a lack of funds or mixed up priorities, or they were consistent with their marketing, but all their marketing was actually headed in the wrong direction. Conversely, the main reasons my clients say they avoid marketing altogether is because, number one, they just never have time for it, which just means they don't prioritize it. Or number two, they didn't think they needed it until they started to see a decrease in leads. But by then, however, it's often too late to prevent a dry spell. And the job of my agency then becomes helping them climb out of a hole rather than helping them move forward. First, we climb out of the hole, then we move forward. And that's okay. Like That's okay if you come to us and you're like, I've got no leads, I'm in a dry spell, I'm in a difficult place. But the reason I don't want you to be in that place is because it's often very stressful and emotional in all the wrong ways. Those messy emotions can even slow down the marketing process and slow any progress that you might have made. And that's why I advise you to get your priorities in order today. Number one, get your brand established. Who is your ideal client and what services are you offering them that solve their problems? And number two, do you understand your money or are you afraid of it? And number three, your marketing. Now that brings me to my second tip for making your marketing manageable without feeling overwhelmed by it. So if you do what I used to do in regard to marketing, it probably looked something like this. You schedule time in your calendar to write a blog post. You sit down at the scheduled time. You stare at a blank screen because you have no idea what to say. You eventually write something, which takes forever, and then you're not sure if it's good or if it will actually move your business forward. And does it even align with your marketing strategy? Oh, wait, what marketing strategy? Okay, this was me. This was totally me. I learned the hard way that I have to set aside time to plan, not create, just plan. Creating a marketing plan can be done annually or quarterly. And regardless, you should review it every month to make sure you are not going off the rails and defaulting the topics or the ideas that your peers are using in their marketing. Because I will definitely see trends in marketing across interior design and organizing and, and whatnot where one well-known person will be like, I'm offering this service and I'm offering this type of lead magnet and then suddenly everyone else is too. And it's like, well, guys, okay, it's okay to learn from your peers, but you don't actually know if what that peer is doing is working for them or not. And even if it is working for them, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you because you have a different business. Yes, you're in the same industry, but you have a different business, a different way of working. You have different ideal clients. You may not even 
be after the same goals that this peer is that you're following. So that's why you have to stay in your own lane and stick to your own marketing plan versus leaning over and looking at someone else's marketing plan. It's kind of like in school, and I'll just pretend that I know what I'm talking about here because I was homeschooled, but in school, they say, keep your eyes on your own paper. And that definitely applies to marketing. I guess I have some experience with this. I went to college, yo, I did. Okay, so if you guys need help creating a marketing plan, I want you to know I'm hosting a free marketing plan workshop in February, 2024, that will walk you through how to create a marketing plan for the remainder of the year. Now you might be like, um, isn't February a little late to create a marketing plan? No, it's actually never too late to create a plan. And I recently did a similar workshop with about a dozen of my existing clients and their results were phenomenal. My workshops have never been available to the general public before. And I'm not sure if I'm gonna do this again I just don't know, but I do see a great need for it this year and an opportunity to help you all, even if we don't work together yet. So you can register for the free marketing plan workshop by going to katethesocialite.com forward slash events. Space is limited because I can't feasibly help tons of people all at once. And the sooner you sign up, the better chance you have of getting on that live call. This call will not be recorded. I repeat, this marketing plan workshop will not be recorded. The only way you can get the help you need is by showing up live. And I can only accept, mm, I would say one to two dozen people because otherwise it gets messy. And then I can't provide a good experience for everyone because I'm just one person over here. And I can't duplicate myself and have y'all, you know what I'm trying to say, it just, it just would not work. Yes, I have a team, but I'm going to be the only one on that call because as most of you know, I'm actually the one who handles all one-to-one -one interactions with clients on a live basis. So you'll probably be emailing back and forth with my team at some point, but if you ever talk to somebody live and in person, it's going to be me, at least for now. All right. So if you want to be part of that, go to katesocialite.com forward slash events to sign up. Otherwise, let's move on to number three, which is you can make your marketing more manageable by using task management software. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by the Window Coverings Association of America. If you're an interior designer, a window treatment specialist, or an installer looking for business growth, listen up. With an annual membership to the WCAA, you'll receive trade discounts, ongoing education, and an exclusive listing in their homeowner-facing directory of professionals which, by the way, guys, makes it a lot easier for people to find you. Whether you've been working in the home industry forever or you're fresh out of design school, the WCAA can help you take your business to the next level, whether you're just trying to scale up or you're just getting started. Go to wcaa.org for more details. Even if you don't have a team, using task management software like Asana, which is hands down my favorite, will help you remember to do the right things at the right times. For example, every week on Wednesday, my Asana calendar reminds me to write my podcast show notes. On Thursday, Asana reminds me to record the episode. Every four weeks on a Tuesday, Asana reminds me to schedule my email newsletter. Every four weeks on a Wednesday, Asana reminds me to schedule my social media content for the month, which is typically one post a week. Additionally, I also use Asana to assign recurring tasks to my team. For example, Allie, a lot of you know her, Allie knows that she needs to edit my podcast show notes every week, and she can see whether I've already written them based on the status of that task in Asana. 
Tasha knows that she needs to make edits to a drafted newsletter for the vault based on the feedback I've provided in her Asana task. And she knows when she needs to create the next piece of content or address our client's content based on those recurring tasks with real and actual deadlines. Furthermore, Joran knows when the raw recording of my podcast episode is ready for her to edit and produce based on the various tags, categories, and tasks in the Asana project for my podcast. My team and I use Asana to stay on track with all the moving parts of my agency, and we often communicate on hyper-specific elements by commenting on individual tasks. I started using Asana long before I had a team, and I'm so glad that I did. When I brought on my first team member, it was actually really easy to assign my own tasks to her, document workflows, and set up automations. If I didn't use Asana, I would have to hire a project manager just to keep everything organized. And why would I hire another person when I can pay $60 a month to Asana? You know what I mean? It's a no-brainer. Now, speaking of workflows, I don't just use workflows for my team. I also have them for myself. For example, I know that each podcast episode I create will have blog length show notes, often 2,500 words or more. I also know that I have to include various sponsors in each episode so that I remember to talk about them on the show. Because of this, I always use a template for my show notes. There's an intro, a thank you to the sponsors, the actual show itself, which you're listening to right now, and the list of resources at the end. Now, I use a slightly different template when I'm interviewing a guest, but it's a template nonetheless. For email marketing, my email newsletters have the same layout every month. An image, an intro to the topic, two to three main points, and a call to action. My newsletters always end with my headshot and bio because you really need to see my face if I want my message to have impact for social media. I use fewer calls to action and rely more on the personal side of things. My goal for social is to socialize with you, not send you to my website all the time. This means my captions are personable, sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short, and they include a few hashtags. Not a lot, honestly. I've kind of given up on the whole hashtag game. I post every Monday, rarely more than that, and I alternate between sharing podcast episodes and personal content. I use a template, or in this case, a pattern that prevents me from wondering, hmm, what should I post today? And also, it really helps to sit down and schedule out the entire month in advance when it comes to social media. All right, number four, the thing you can do to make your marketing more manageable is do less when possible. Good marketing does not equal a lot of marketing. When I start working with a new client, I will ask them what they're doing to market their business currently. And after listening to their answer, I often advise them to do less. For example, if my client says they're running Google ads, social ads, and posting daily on Instagram, I will then ask them where most of their leads are coming from. Now, spoiler alert, the leads are almost never coming from any of those sources. That tells me and them that they could pull back on those efforts, saving tons of time and money, and instead focus on increasing their word of mouth referrals, which is often already their primary source of leads anyway. Now, I do have several podcast episodes on why social media is not a reliable source of new clients for home industry businesses like yours. So if you're interested in that topic, you can check out episode 164 or episode 224 for all of the data and the details that support this fact, because there is data. This is not just my opinion anymore. At once upon a time, it was my opinion, but now I have data to back it up. So that's always nice. Additionally, okay, in the name of doing less marketing overall, but more of the right marketing, remember that email newsletters lose their effectiveness if you send them too often or too infrequently. Once or twice a month is what you need to do. Not once a quarter, not once every six months, not every week, once or twice a month, every two to four weeks. Blogging should be done monthly. 
But if you can do it weekly, hey, that's amazing too. Now, if you're on social media as a business, you should post weekly. If you run any digital ads, they should all point to your lead magnet because very few people will be ready to become a client or even talk to you on the phone and convert just based off one ad. Make sure that lead magnet directs people to your mailing list because when they sign up, they'll be added to your mailing list. They will get any sort of welcome email sequence you might have. If you don't have a sequence, that's fine, but they will then get the email newsletter you're sending out every two to four weeks that nurtures them, helps you stay top of mind with them. And that is where they are most likely to say, hey, I need your help. Let's get on a call. And then boom, you've got a client. That's the life cycle of a lead. All right. So the fifth Thing that you can do to make your marketing more manageable is reuse, repost, and recycle your content. And before you get antsy and think, oh, I know this one, how about turning my blog post into a newsletter or my newsletter into a blog post? Well, here's the thing. I often reuse my podcast topics or my blog post topics in a newsletter, but in order for the newsletter to be effective, I have to reduce, compress, and rewrite that content. The only thing I'm reusing is like the topic and like some images. Blog posts are built for search engines. Newsletters are built for inboxes. They are both written pieces of content, but they have entirely different purposes and they can't be equally swapped out one for another for the simple reason that they will be rendered ineffective. Blog posts are too long for newsletters. Newsletters are too short for blog posts and they don't have any SEO quality. Newsletters and blog posts use entirely different calls to action because they are at completely different ends of the sales funnel, like directly opposite ends. Blog posts are at the beginning of the funnel. Newsletters and other email marketing are at the end of the sales funnel where the lead is most likely to convert. If you love the idea of recycling your marketing content, here are some things I do recommend. Your recent blog post could be broken into social media captions. Really long social media captions could be fleshed out into a full blog post. Your email newsletter could become a video script if you're doing videos on Instagram, let's say. Both your blog posts and your newsletters could come together to form a nice comprehensive lead magnet. Like I said earlier, the most painful part of marketing is thinking about it and coming up with a plan or doing far more marketing than your business actually needs. Quality over quantity should always be your goal because good marketing does not mean a lot of marketing. All right, guys, as a reminder, you can register for my free marketing plan workshop by going to katethesocialite.com forward slash events. And if you are in the market for a new website, you have semi-custom and custom options available with us. You can go to katethesocialite.com forward slash services for that information. Until next time, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I'll talk to you soon.